What's going on? Welcome to your girlfriend's favorite movie podcast, uh, hosted by, of course, Father Film, and alongside uh, with me with, today. With you as always, you're a faithful sidekick, I guess, uh, Kyle M. Gager. Hey now. So, uh, funny thing is, we've actually, we've been trying to do this for... It seems like an eternity. I, yeah, at least, I'd probably say two months. Yeah, two months about, yeah. Since, I think even before Sundance. We're slow learners. And, uh, you know, we've, we've gotten some audio down. We've recorded some things. Uh, some content I thought was fairly decent. Yeah, I mean, we'll I, probably release some of it. Yeah, but just, you know, being with everything we have going on with the with flickfans.net and the social media platform. Have, listen, and, and our actual jobs that, yeah. uh, that actually pay us uh, money. For a living. Yeah, so I, I just, I, I don't think we got to the point where I was like, all right, well, this is a, you know, from start to finish, a good Podcast to release out to the universe. Yeah, I think uh, we finally finally touched on something. Uh, yeah, something hopefully this is it. And I don't, we'll you know, where this is, uh, you know, live in time now. I don't know if this is going to be the bit released. Hopefully it is though, and uh, you know we can start doing this on a week to week basis. Yeah, see if people like it. See if people want it. We'll uh, oh. give it to them if they <clears> want. Hey, listen, it. if you want it, I'll give it to I'll, you. I'll give it to you. But uh, all right, well, as a, as a team, there's there's been a bunch of stuff that's been going on recently. Obviously, the Oscars was at the beginning of the month. I know I don't even know if it's even worth touching. I would uh, honestly I, on that gonna, now because it's it's March twentieth already. If we're going to touch about something uh, that that mm. has happened, uh, I think there's more to talk to coming in the future. But um, you know, Black Panther was amazing. Uh, they just re-released a trailer for uh, the new Avengers Infinity War. Um, this is true. Kyle's a big comic book guy, by the way. I am guy. not. I've been hit with the comic book superhero fatigue as much as anybody. Uh, very similar to our friend Adnan Verk on ESPN, who, in my opinion, has probably, if not one of the best film podcasts out right now, which is kind of where I've been kind of yeah, holding we, our standard yeah, to... Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get up there. I don't think we ever will, but he's great, and I agree with a lot of the things that he said previously. I just like, year after year, month after month, and I get it, and they're fun, and it's like, you know, if you're a comic book fan, it's like, your, your favorite stories are coming to life on the big screen. I'm not a big comic book fan, but I, even I, if I was, I just would kind of get a... I would get a little tired of these films regardless. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, as a huge comic book fan, especially a Marvel fan, and... The last, you know, 10 years. Especially plus. a Marvel fan. You hear that to you DC Universe people? I mean, yeah, Batman's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's drawing a line in the sand was, right big, now. I was a big Flash fan growing up. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I mean, I was, yeah, I will draw the line in the sand. Marvel is Marvelous. I'm not a fan I'm not a fan of either, to be honest with you. Uh, but if, you, if you're going to tell me that any movie or, a, you know, group of movies is better than the Dark Knight trilogy, I tell you that you're absolutely wrong. This is the unbiased opinion of just a film fan. He, he just He just says that because when he was coming up he was too busy getting attention from girls and stuff so i had to uh oh stop i had to, I had to find, find uh solace in, in my you know what's funny I, I, i've always told my friends i never learned how to play the guitar because i was already getting chicks and i still don't, don't know how to play the guitar today but uh, I, I had to learn maybe, how to play guitar as well oh really? <laughs> yeah maybe you're just more musically inclined than yeah, i am it's possible. well but, either way we're getting get on subject I, I i still am very excited for uh uh infinity war and the new trailer. The trailer looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks I must fantastic. Say. And I think it's going to be good for even people who haven't even been paying close attention to uh, the MCU and like what's been happening over the last you know decade. But you know, I mean, there's obviously huge anticipation for this film because 
we've been waiting for this for so long. You know, have we? Who's we? Every you. You know you have. Yeah. Uh, you I know guess. you have. Listen, I, Age of Ultron. I Don't thought was cool. an was an okay movie. Uh, it was definitely the weaker of the two Avengers that have come out yeah. come out up to this point. Uh, I think. I mean, real, realistically, it wasn't an Avengers film, but the last uh, 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 Captain America. Might as well have be been it. It, it was an ensemble film, and yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, and, and, I'm and, a, and you know what, I'm a huge fan of. And recently, I released my top fifty superhero movie films of all time, and I believe Winter Soldier and Civil War were both in my top six or seven. Yeah, the, both fantastic films. And the original Avengers, I, I gotta say, I I think I had that film too. I think that movie is amazing. Obviously, Age of Ultron it, didn't really live up to the the films that were I just discussed. But um, you know, overall, I'm I am excited just to see kind of where they're going to go with it. Who's going to die? Yeah, who's going to die? That's that's going to be a big one. Who's yeah. going to die? I mean, on the uh, I'm guessing I, it's Iron Man. I, I know I mean, huge that, prediction, but, but hey, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is still billed uh, for the last Avengers film uh, that's coming out next year. Uh, he's he's on the IMDb page, the, so well, uh, we'll the, see. I'm they just obviously saying, could also just it could be, be a doing flashback. That. It could be uh, anything. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying he's there, and uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't read his contract, but I don't know. Maybe he's got that one last one in the in you know last round in, in the chamber for uh, for the studio that he has one more. The last bullet in the arsenal, baby. I mean, he 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 signed a, uh, a contract that had him on for a certain amount of films. And obviously that's going yep. to come to the end. And he has said that he won't be doing the character anymore once this is over. It's not like he's going to kind of... He's been the, bi- the, the through line through all the films. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, that's something that we can both agree on, 100%. Now, how do you feel about... Uh, a lot of people are talking about it. And, uh, you know, we briefly talked about it, you know, uh, outside of the podcast about how um, the anticipation for this film, you know, people are, are uh, saying that it parallels the anticipation for like a... Uh, Phantom Menace. Okay. Phantom Menace. I'm glad you actually brought that up. So one of our, uh, I would say, biggest contributors, one of the, the writers that we have on our staff, Nick Weninger. Uh, you could follow him at, at the Average Man Review on Instagram. I don't know why I'm throwing him plugs right now, yeah, but let's do it. whatever. Friends of friends. Uh, he, friends. <laughs> he recently said to me that he thinks that Affinity War, or actually he propositioned an article about writing how Infinity War has more anticipation and buildup than Phantom Menace in 1999. And I said, absolutely not. Yeah, so I Mind would... you, I'm going to be 26. Nick, I think, is 22, so he's even a little younger than I am. I don't think he could really... I don't think he's put things in perspective right, and so can really remember how what that anti- anticipation was. By the way, we only do one take here. Uh, what that anticipation was like as the 19 elder, years ago. It, it's not even on the same parallel. As the elder in this conversation... I was pushing forty. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm an old I'm an old man. Uh, I'm not forty, but I, I'm 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 older than these guys. And I uh, I'm and I'm also a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, as I said before, uh, girls didn't like me that much when I was younger. So these are the things that I really got into. And I went to go see the Phantom Menace at midnight. In waited in line with a bunch of other people dressed up like you know the characters. Uh, you you were you, wait, hold on. You were actually dressed up. No, I mean I had a lightsaber, but I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't all like all in, but I uh, right. I I was there. With my, I was there with my brothers, and uh, it was the anticipation for the Phantom Menace. The was way way bigger than Infinity Wars, but I think it the build up was not nearly as much. So like the 
the build-up to Infinity War is astronomical. I mean, it's literally been a movie a year for the last decade just kind of like building to these moments and waiting to see how this much bigger storyline is going to unfold and, you know, just watching the, the progression of all these characters. I mean, for freak's sake, man, the, the, the first Avenger, Captain America, has got a beard in this one. I mean, uh, you know, it's just like, it's just so, it's so crazy to think about uh, all the stuff that's happened in these films. Now, that being said, the... That being the, said, and I agree with a lot of those points and in, in in those waiting statements. Waiting for Star Wars to come out after waiting so long, and, and nobody yes. knew that there was going to be any more, and then it, when it was heard that we were going to get another Star Wars, and they were going to start this whole new story part, you know, telling part of it, and learn where uh, uh, Darth Vader came from with Anakin. Oh, my God. Like, exactly. people, people's heads exploded. I get the point where there's definitely been a buildup, you know, that has been happening over close to the last decade up until, you know, Infinity War, which is set to be released next month. But, you know, like you said, we've come to expect a level of greatness now and deliverance when it comes to Marvel because yeah, of their they've recent Because they've been successes. putting out such amazing I mean, content. Literally, so long now. Black Panther, which was just released last month, was a groundbreaking, fantastic... Standalone even, film even, and broke box office records. Even with my superhero fatigue was a fantastic so film, good. which broke, bro- uh, broke box office records and you know did all these great things and accomplished all these amazing successes. Like We've come to expect that now. Like when it came to Phantom Menace in 99, there's we didn't the, know what the, to that yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't a great movie, no, but the lull that was it, it there was <laughs> for over 15 years is what truly kind of that was at the core of the anticipation. Well, I was we, telling Nick and I'm like, really know. put these and I was I was only seven years old, I think. And I'm not a big I'm not a big comic book fan. I'm not a big I'm not a fanboy, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. You know, when they produce great movies, I'm there and I, you know, I like them. But 1999, I was seven years old, second grade. I, I was at a midnight screening for Phantom Menace. It was me, my two cousins, my father, and my uncle, and we were there. I, and I, it might be a, one of only a handful of times I was ever at a midnight screening. See, now, I would say, I would... The only I time for, like, a franchise or, or tri- you know, I would anything of that nature. The, the, uh, the Avengers Infinity War more, is it a bigger in- anticipation, a bigger buildup than, uh, let's say, The Force Awakens? The, the 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 newest of the the now new trilogy. Get it out, but you got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think Infinity War is bigger than that. Just I, because I, was, I would agree the points you made. I earlier. don't agree with that. And, it's bigger than the Force or than uh, the Phantom Menace. Again, but just, the Force Awakens, I definitely think it's bigger than, and that is a more of a correlation because true. You because can't compare. We knew that there was going to be new films. Exactly. It wasn't out of nowhere that we were all of a sudden getting more Star Wars story. Because uh, once Disney got a hold of it, and they've said Disney is going very much with the uh, Marvel kind of idea of putting out like a film a year, expanding the universe, showing more about what's going on. Uh, but Infinity Wars is doing something that hasn't really almost ever been done in film, where they're taking ton- like what what is it six or seven different standalone movies. And mashing them all in. Oh, with, I love mashed potatoes too, yeah. especially at Thanksgiving. I, I think you say. just like the word mash. Do uh, you mash? Yeah. Also, great, great I, show. Yeah, great show. <laughs> hey, that broke box up or uh, uh, viewer records uh, back. I the believe the uh, this is very off topic, but the season f- or the series finale, the series finale of yeah. Mash is still to this day the most watched or the had the highest audience um, of any. 
sitcom show in America. Obviously, Super Bowls have well, surpassed think, it in sporting also, events. What, who I shot remember JR when, on, uh, on Dallas? On no, Dallas. That no, Mash was still higher. It, it was somewhere around there. The Seinfeld series finale, yeah, I remember big. it being super huge, just fell underneath Mash's. By the way, the Mash movie, nominated for Best Picture in 1970, lost to Patton. I was like, that for a fun fact for you. Hey, both war. <laughs> but uh, yeah. different sides of it, but both war. Like uh, many of the points that my buddy here, Kyle, just said, uh, you just there, there isn't the same level of parallel when there hasn't been a film to not come out for over a decade, which was the case with Phantom Menace. And don't get me wrong, if Infinity War is going to be a way better film than Phantom Menace is, at least I'm hoping so. If it's not. I will be fucking livid. I, I, I think and, a lot of and honestly, if it's not better than Phantom Menace, you there's that's a bit of a problem now for future Marvel films to come. I just they, with, they with everything put, that they've done they with Black Panther and yeah, exactly. It just it's just impossible for that to happen. So I, I'm sure it's going to be a solid film. Uh, hopefully, not too much CGI. I'm sure they're going to wrap her, you know, they're going to intertwine. I know, but, you know, hopefully it's done the right way. It's going to be done well. And, uh, you know, they intertwine the story and and make it, you know, kind of um, enjoyable for all of us. Like I said, we only do one take here. So there's going to be some lulls and some stoppage. And I may stutter like 90 times. Fuck it. I really don't even care. Fuck it. Stutter in life. Yeah, one take. Everyone knows the rules. Last 10 years of my life have been a stutter. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, so... the good point. Uh, back to Black Panther, which obviously yeah. was released. Like I said, we, we we talked about it in a previous podcast. We never put up. Um, I thought it was a great film. It was amazing. Just, you know, kind of staying on the same Marvel track. I thought it was it was way better than I had even anticipated. I agree. I would agree with that. That it was better than you anticipated, and it was even better than I anticipated. And I had really high hopes for it. Um, Black Panther was one of the characters uh, that wasn't nearly as popular as a lot of other characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, so people were kind of curious about how it was going to be taken. I thought it was amazing. I thought that uh, the the writing in it was amazing. I thought it was one of the first Marvel films that, you know, really delivered on the, on the action, on the storytelling, but also just, like, had more of a deeper message uh, than just kind of the cookie cutterness, which is also a lot of what Black Panther, the comic, was at the time that it came out. I've, I've never read the, the comic Black Panther, like I said before. I've read a few comics here and there. Now, was the comic itself, was it a comic that you enjoyed as a kid reading? I, 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 I honestly, he was always more just kind of a, in, in most of the comics that I read, he was more of like a part of the story. Did he, not have, a, did I, he not have a standalone no, no, comic? No, he, he 100% did. I just uh, wasn't one of the characters that I really latched onto when Going I was a kid. Into? Okay. Um, uh, but I know a lot of people did, uh, but I, that's why I think this film was so amazing is that it took this character that a lot of people hadn't really known the story to and told this amazing story and really just introduced this whole world that I think is going to play a huge part moving forward. Here, uh, here is one of my favorite uh, parts about Black Panther, and I'm curious to see if you agree with me. What makes Black Panther so fascinating I think is it's complicated villain, the yeah. cousin Eric is Killamonger, right? Is that kill, how you Killmonger? Kill, Killamonger. No, not Killamonger. Killamonger. Uh, like kill a fishmonger. <sighs> kill, okay. kill a, kill a <clears throat> fishmonger. So, you know what I'm talking about? Played Mike, by uh, Michael B. Played by Michael B. Jordan. But yeah, the, he, he kills all the fish. The character mongers, that Michael B. Jordan uh, uh, portrays. No, kill, yeah, Killmonger. I think it. 
I think he is one of the better villains that I have seen on a big screen in a long, he's, long he's, time. He's not you know, one-dimensional. He, he had a real message, and you're not sure if you disagree I, with him. I was just going to say, he's never. it's almost he's never wrong to long for a better world for his brothers and sisters, yeah. how he, you know, they did in the movie. But the thing with him is that his methods are flawed, right, to say yeah. the least. And his ambiguous personality makes him, you know, to be honest, an, an imperfect vehicle for the message that he's co- trying to convey. Oh, yeah, no. He, he, although he although the many of his points, very hard to argue. No, and that, I, that, that and, was my... That and was that the, complexity, the it was what really kind of engaged, it's what had me immersed in the film, and I think that... It, it, here's, here's, here's how I viewed it, and I thought that this is what made him such an amazing character and such an amazing, you know, quote-unquote villain, was that if you reversed it and told the story of him growing from up... From his point of view. From his point of view... He could easily be the hero of the story, and then and and uh, uh, you know Prince or, or King Wachata. How the tables turned, and, and he, like if you had the tables turned and you were telling uh, uh, Killmonger's side of it, he would be the hero, and it wouldn't be hard for to see him as the hero. Uh, whereas, you know, if you if, if we just happen to see the one side of it, so we're on that side and we're rooting for that person. But if you reverse the stories, it would eat. Evenly, be the villain would be the guy that we thought was the hero, and the hero would be the guy that we the, thought was the, the complexity in that villain and Kilimanjar. Uh, you know, Mike. It really, it's it's fascinating, and perhaps this is a really bold statement. I think, and and the roles are totally different, and it's you know they're not really the same. But just from a villain standpoint in a superhero movie, I can't think of a better villain since. Heath Ledger's Joker. No, yeah, I mean, they're, okay, they're, they're role, very different. You know, they're, they're so different. Yeah. And it's the acting performance, and obviously the Dark Knight trilogy, and that movie has a little more realistic type of uh, sense to yeah. it with everything going on. And don't get me wrong, Black Panther's realistic in a lot of ways too, <laughs> especially with the points that they try to drive. But just, you know, because of Dark Knight it, happening it is, yeah. in, a, in a town that is supposed to be emulating Chicago as opposed to uh, I, a world that doesn't No, really I, would defi- I would definitely say that you're But I you're was trying to think, that, yeah. yeah. Has there been a better villain since? No. It's, not, yeah. not, not in a, uh, in a you know, comic book. And what really intrigued film. me, too, was the, the adjacency of the two young men, T'Challa, who was raised in, you know, to seek peaceful resolutions to most problems, as opposed to Michael B. Jordan's character with his street upbringing, and, which kind of prompts him to use violence first. Right. It, you know, when dilemmas take play, it really it was a fantastic movie. Well, I mean, and this I is mean, coming from someone who continuously says, I don't get the comic well, one, books, one the superhero One of the movies. big things they Straight changed, uh, I know about the, the storyline of Killmonger was that in the film, he was, he, he was raised in Oakland, California. However, in the comic books, I know he, I believe he was like raised in like Brooklyn. Or something like that. Really? Uh, BK, baby. Yeah. Born and bred but, right but here. Father it, film. I, but I thought that that was such an amazing uh, thought to change that. Uh, just because, think about what was going on in, in Oakland in the 80s. I mean, you had... Uh, the, what was going on in Brooklyn in the um, 80s. Yeah, but the, the emergence of like gangster rap came out of, out of you know, Oakland, basically. You know what I mean? And, and it was such a... And also, that's where the Black Panthers started. Was in Oakland, California. Was it? Was it in New York? No, the black the Black Panther political party. Started if, we're, if, we're, if Kyle's wrong about this, please comment on, our, on our Say iTunes it. feed because I don't I don't even know. We're it's, just kind of spewing shit here. Uh, but yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, so I thought that that was a really interesting 
uh, editorial license or you know to to change that about the storyline. But I thought that it worked perfectly, you know. Yeah, I I, I agree, and uh, it was a film that I thoroughly enjoyed. I know a lot of people are saying how it's going to get nominated for a few categories at next year's Oscars. I wouldn't I mean, go best, that. Best I wouldn't effects. go that far. Maybe for things involving sound and editing and visual effects, it might. It we'll might see. Get, it also. It might get. It's, like a, a, it's a great film, and it's one of the better superhero films that I've ever laid my eyes on. It might that get is, get, a, get uh, like a best orig- or best uh, adapted screenplay thrown to but it. But I don't see any best unless picture. It's a, unless to, it's a very weak year for movies, which I hope it's not, especially considering the great year for movies that we just had. Yeah. Um, I'd I'd be shocked if if Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture again. Yeah, maybe yeah. That, that's just my superhero bias, but uh, no, no, either no. way, I'm a, a good film. Guy, and I, I would agree with that. That that I don't I don't think it. it I it, hope it's not. Because I don't think it. That would like, tell me that this year coming up does a well, poor like, job. Dark, like Dark Knight was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Granted, that year they had but, ten nominations. Yeah, that's true. But also, but it deserved it. It was. Dark Knight was amazing. It was it was a superhero movie, but it was also I, an amazing. I, I agree. Movie. I agree that it deserved it, but had it only been five nominations, do you think the Academy would have nominated it? Probably no, not. No, of course not. I think it was only nominated because they had the allotment of ten. Also, also, I remember around that time they were uh, they were discussing how the Academy Awards was becoming stale because all the films and all the uh, performances that were being nominated were always like not stuff that people want to go see. Like they're not the blockbusters, not the big movies that everybody wants to go out and pay who, the who decides? Who ticket. decides how many nominees uh, there are for Best Picture? Because I believe this year we had nine. And then, you know, we've done the classic five before in recent years and I, we've had ten. I'm like, why can't we just stick to like one, like a certain standard? I, I'm, I'm all for, you know, mixing it up. I think keep it under ten. I think keep it under ten. I, but, if, know, but, if, but if six films deserve but to why be why nine? Like, like for me, my number one film of 2017, if, if you've been following the website and some of our articles, was The Florida Project. Why not nominate the Florida Project? Yeah, like you, that, you that, only had nine nominees. I would have given you. Uh, that you know what I mean? Point. Like, that, but like, wh- who decides to only have nine rather than ten? Who decides when they're going to go over five? The Florida Project was one of the first movies I've seen in a while that didn't even really have much of a a plot or a storyline, and I enjoyed every freaking. Oh, it, it had a storyline. Stop. No, it had it had stories and it, and it had something going on, but it was more of a character piece. It was more of like just kind of a a view in the life of these people. Um, as uh, opposed to a like shed, a, a shed of light into people that we normally don't get to see, on right? The right. And, and it was amazing. I, and I, made it I, so great. Yeah, we've talked about. It. You know, I really love that film, yeah. um, and I do believe that I do agree with you that it should have been nominated. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah. Who, who decides I have on no that? idea. Again, if somebody knows, I'm, I'm oh sure we could just look this up, and we just haven't. But we're talking because right we're now. lazy. Yeah, um, that that's something that I was always curious about. Let's 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 let's, let's go back to an age where you couldn't just look things oh. up, and let's just have a conversation. I, I, hey, I'm all I'm all here for pauses. Forward, there would be in every conversation if you just always looked it up. Google there, knows. Yeah, hey, now there's gonna be a bunch of pauses right now, like I just said. Alexa. That's fine. Oh wait, we don't have one of those. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I don't have a wiretap in my apartment. Like, like, like I said, I, I don't mind kind of the, the shifting and changing of, of nominees and the number of them that there are. But at the same time, there's kind of, I don't know, there's a bit of a, a romance to only five nominees, in my opinion. Like making the cup? Well, I know that yeah, people have been it's... talking about it for years, just how political the Academy Awards are and how, like, you know, if you want to get nominated for Best Actor or Best Film, like, you really got to play the game and you really got to, you know, 
do the shows and talk about it and like you know and do, advertise and, do PR and, and, do, stuff. And, and and shake the hands and, and it's do like the press. so it's, it's it's less like it's more about be like advertising. I, I actually think it, it, about, it used uh, I I think always it used to be like that more so than now kind well, of yeah. just because I kind of was well, the internet now yeah exactly so you, can, you can get your stuff and people out have there been saying it now and kind yeah. of yeah and kind of that that whole thing unraveled and they're like all right well this but is but we but we talked about it like you know you I I I've been saying for. Since the day I saw it, that I thought my favorite film of the year was *The Shape of Water*. I absolutely loved it, and I know that you said you you, you loved it, but you thought that three billboards. I lo- I like *The Shape of Water* a lot. I think I had it uh, fourth on my top ten list for 2017. Yeah, so like I, I, it was my favorite. I really thought it should win. I thought it deserved to win. Great film. I just thought, thought the three billboards, but I think that this is where the change happens because. I personally was hearing so much more about three billboards leading up to the awards. Well, there's just also there was a lot more criticism. I think there's a lot more controversy with three billboards than Shape of Water, which was a lot of the stuff that people were reading about and hearing, which it doesn't necessarily which doesn't necessarily make it a good thing. And you know when it comes to winning Best Picture, but I do think Three Billboards was a better movie. I also I liked Shape of Water better than Get Out. But you know, after Get Out won, Jordan Peele won for Best Original Screenplay. It was at that moment that, that I thought maybe one hundred percent. But it was at that moment I thought, all right, maybe they could win Best Picture. I just thought picking oh, the Shape no, of Water. I just picture. thought the Shape they of Water was was too safe of a choice. And I love I love Del Toro. Absolutely, safe. I mean it's an old story, but it was such a it bizarre was the safe, film. It was the safest choice of the. The movies that were so really three in the running. The safest choice. No, absolutely. What are you kidding me? How? how? It's a controversial story, but it's like exactly what you have. Everybody expects the winner. You have Del Toro. You have his third attempt to try to spin Beauty and the Beast after Crimson Tide and Hellboy, mind you, which kind of never lived up to the building, or lived up to the billing. So you have this story. I mean, Beauty and the Beast, the animated Disney flick, was nominated in '91 for Best Picture. Um, it just you know it's it was a job well done. It was fantastic. I loved it. Sally Hawkins as the mute janitor, amazing. Richard Jenkins, Michael Shannon, Octavia. I can go on and on. But I I think you can't you can't no I just I can't you can't get me to agree that it that three billboards was the safest choice. No way in hell. But all the controversy that was surrounding it and kind of like the racism that was taking part throughout the movie and how they make Sam Rockwell a bit of a sympathetic character which I think shows his range more than anything else. But, uh, you know, listen, Shape of Water, uh, am I happy it won? Not necessarily, but it's a solid film. And Del Toro, as I said a million times, is great. So, Yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely agree with you about Sam Rockwell. I think that, first off, he's one of my favorite actors right now. Um, I think he's just amazing. Why, why, why just right now? How about in uh, 2009's Moon? Well, no, I, I <laughs> we've talked about that before. You know, I love that movie. Um, I actually just rewatched that recently, and you know, great film. It's so good. I think Sam Rockwell is one of the most. I don't know if I should say underrated actors in Hollywood. I think he's one of the most underutilized. Underutilized. Yes. He is so I, talented. I was going to say I, I, underrated. Then we're talking about you know your boy William Defoe that I think should have. You know, well, yeah, it's funny you say that because oh, they, he should. We talked about this. I think he should have. He should have possibly won because he put in an amazing performance for the Florida Project. Although Sam Rockwell, and also he's been doing it for so long, and he, like if you're yeah. if, if at any moment you're going to pay an actor's amazing career off, 
you know, this would have kind of been a perfect opportunity. True, but listen, uh, I don't necessarily agree that you should give somebody like a, like a, a lifetime achievement award or just because you shouldn't yeah. give somebody an Oscar just because they've been doing it so long. It should be solely based on the performances that year, the movies that year, no, and its no, competition. I, I, I agree. It's just like you know what I mean. But I, I, I just thought he was so good. I, I actually, Project. I actually, although I, I he had was, less to do in the Florida Project than I, Sam Rockwell. I, I was rooting for Three Billboards to win Best Picture. Um, it was my second favorite film of the year. It was my favorite film of the films that were nominated. And I thought Sam Rockwell was great, and I thought it—it's very seldomly do you have a year where kind of the the two people vying for the Oscar in a category are just masterful performances, which I, I think you have this year. It's similar to Louis Metcalf and Lady Bird and Alice and Janie for, what was it, Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. I, thought they, I thought those two were neck and neck, and I would have been happy with either one of them winning. But I think, Defoe, I think Defoe earned, and not, not because he's been doing it for well, longer. No, I think, I think Defoe get, earned the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor this year, and I was a little upset he I didn't get you it. Take, you take the, his career into again. account. You know, if you got uh, two amazing performances, one of them is by an actor that you know has got another, you know, 30 years of great performances in them, and another one that's like, you know, probably maybe got another, what, five, ten? Well, that's like the whole Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, it's hard to cast at this point, you know That's like the Chalamet and Gary Oldman argument. A lot of people are saying that Timothy Chalamet was really deserving for Best Actor and that Gary Oldman just got it just because of his body of work, which... If that listen, if that if but that's the, if that's the sides, if I'm that's saying. the case though, I mean that's that's terrible. You know, you gotta. No, it should be just based on the the movies and the performances that came out that year. But I also think that's not fair because one of those films no, people Joe, really embraced, and the other film people were like, all right, yeah, you know, whatever. Like their performances, I think, were could be argued are equally as good. Maybe, but but one of the films people really were into, and one of the films people they're, weren't, and that's why they're they also both decisions. so different. Like if you if you thought Chalamet should have won Best Actor, your second person that you might have wanted to win wouldn't even have been Gary Oldman. Well, and yeah. the same thing you know, can be said for if you thought Oldman should win Best Actor, you might have wanted you know or had somebody else winning over Chalamet, you know, as runner up, let's say, but. I mean, it's all opinion based, of course. Obviously, but, but also, I, but I, what I'm saying, I think, is that the the film that they were in, like the the separate films they were in, one of those films was uh, receptive. People were more receptive to it, and much more people saw that movie. Wait, which film are you talking about? What? Which which film was more receptive and more saw seen? Wait, are you talking about uh, Call, Call Me by Your Name yeah. or, or Call Me by Your Name? Was Definitely had a bigger family. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Man, you had me confused. Like I was talking about some just crazy shit. Um, no, that uh, that's what I'm saying. Though I, uh, everybody's talking about that movie, uh, yeah, and, a, and a great film also. Um, but uh, I mean, I thought Gary Oldman was deserving. Like I said, I thought the Oscars this year, almost everyone who you thought was going to win did win. Yeah, just based on the or, or you had an idea that they were going to win. There, there were no, there were no uh, underdogs. There were really no big surprises. I, re- I think, I think I picked. It wasn't. There was no Moonlight this year. I picked twenty one of the twenty four. Yeah, like like Moonlight. Moonlight. I mean, although it didn't get said that they won right away, you know, like they were they were the dark horse coming in. Nobody, no, nobody I, really thought they stood a chance of actually winning. No, absolutely. Last year, Moonlight La 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 over was La 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 the obvious choice. Yeah, Moonlight winning over La La Land. It was just even with the Vegas odds and what everybody else was picking. Oh man, somebody won. That lots of was that. an upset, which is things you know. I kind of I, I like to see. I like a little. I, I like that too. Irregularity, yeah. if you would. But uh, 
this year, pretty much everybody who won the awards in the the prior, just like during the award season, everyone who won the award for that category in previous, like the Golden Globes or Critics' Choice or the whatever, it all kind of deemed true yeah, that, throughout. That was a big Specifically Allison Janney. I mean, she <laughs> literally won for Best Supporting Actress in like every single... She, she deserved single... every one of those statues. She was, every, every she was one great. Of those she was... I, I love Janey since the West Wing. No, me, nobody, nobody... nobody was taking any of those from her. She was just too freaking good. No, I was, no Laurie Metcalf was really good as the as the mother no, no, no. and, and Lady Bird. She was amazing, but she was you. Come on, you no, can't. I, listen, you, you I, can't I could, argue with. I could have went. I honestly, I I could have went back and forth. I wouldn't have been shocked at all if they gave the Oscar to Laurie Metcalf. It would have been. The, it would have been a, an underdog. It would have been a dark horse. You wouldn't have seen it coming. It, no, I think it would have I mean, been a bit of an upset just based on all of the award Janie already it took home. Been a surprise. All right, I, I'm not gonna. Go too deep into it, but I, I, I agree with you, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I'm still pissed the Florida Project wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. I don't know how, how I'll ever live that down. Sean Baker is a fucking I'm, I'm, I'm from Florida. low budget miracle worker. I, I watched a lot of that movie unfold in my real life growing really? up. Really? Yeah. That sounds awful. I know, I do. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the girl that starred in it, uh, not the, the little girl, the, uh, the mother. Yes, her, I think her name is Bree. Yeah, she's not like an actress. She's just yeah. Like, she's actually she's actually friends with uh, one of our. I'm not going to say any names. She's actually grew up best friends with one of our contributors. She, I I had to look her up. Supposedly, she's she actually was, from New York. Oh really? Or she lived in the Bronx well, she, for, she looked, for quite she some time. She looks just like a girl that I went to high school with to the point where. Right after the movie, I looked up who the actress was because I thought it might be her. Really? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't though. No, no, it wasn't. But it was just <laughs> kind of like. But I know those people growing up in Florida, man. I, I, I know people exactly like that. All right. Uh, well, Florida is a strange place. It is a project. It's a. Uh, pro- it's a. It's it's work. It work in progress. <laughs> It's uh, it was it really was a fantastic film all, all throughout. I mean, I'm super yeah, excited to see what's what's next on Sean Baker's uh, you know, filmography, if you will. What he's going to come out with next? Because everything he's come out with in the last couple of years has really been something that. Well, he's he's a he's a fringe guy. He's right somewhere he, he's outside of Hollywood doing his own kind of interesting stuff. You Absolutely. know, he's not he's not falling into anybody's uh, you know. Uh, category of what he should be he's just kind of sticking to his own guns no, and going and, and, and making the, and making the movies and telling the stories that he wants to tell and i think he's going to in the coming years get more and more uh big names that if he wants them to be in his films uh, maybe, but maybe he doesn't want them but maybe I he mean, doesn't want them I mean, that's, that's what independent so filmmaking should him. be all about at the end of the day you know oh yeah and also his you know he's making academy like uh, worthy films with freaking iPhones and stuff, you know, like that's unheard of. Tangerine like, baby. Yeah, they must hate him in Hollywood because they're like, shit, man. Like, how are we, how how do we compete with that? You know, we're we're throwing money at the problem, and he's going out there rogue style. Well, Steven Soderbergh just recently said, I believe IndieWire was the um, the the guys who published the article. How uh, Steven Soderbergh is only wants to shoot films with an iPhone from here on out. Save so much money. Let's talk about a guy who, you know, he blew up 1989 Sundance Film Festival, yeah. Sex, Lies, and Videotape, James Spader. Yo, James but that, Spader. I mean, that's like, Voltron. Back yeah. to what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but, you know, a, a guy who kind of was born into the indie filmmaking type of, you know, all the resonance that come with that. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's definitely exciting to see where a lot of these films are going to be kind of heading towards in the next couple of years. With with the com- the comic book superhero movies will always be the big budget studio 
productions. Oh, yeah. Always. And there'll yeah, always but... be so many of them because of their popularity that in the next coming years, we're going to have eight to ten of those films a year. And, well, here's, here's... and I'm excited. You know, I can't wait to see how they kind of line up with the indie filmmakers. And, you know, maybe... Maybe the comic book movies will soon kind of cross the threshold of getting the kind of, you know, awards from the Academy or the type of well, I'm curious respect when, in when, that nature. You know, as a comic book guy, like, there's a lot of in, amazing independent comic books that aren't Marvel, that aren't DC, that are getting published that are really incredible, cool stories. There's one in particular that I would love to see made into a, a film um, called Why the Last Man. Uh, like the letter Y, as in like the chromosome, and then it's called The Last Man. And it's just a really cool, awesome story that I think could be told on like an indie level that could be very much of a... Kind of because it's already an indie comic, so you figure you're not going to put a big, you know... Well, no, it's just about the story. It's not so much about the the fight, you know, the fighting and the, you know, and the, the... the villain isn't, uh, you know, an, an alien from outer space or a god or any of that. It's more of a human story. Uh, Which I prefer. And, I, but that's what I'm saying. I think I that, like a little realism to my uh, comic book stories. I think that the, especially with the kind of uh, MCU there, you know, what it was like a three-step plan that they start when they started with Iron Man, they were saying like they had the steps to what they were going to do with their universe. That's all kind of coming to an end. You know, there's... They're going to be hard pressed in after 2019 to be like, well, what are the new stories that we're going to tell? Because we we're finished with all these stories that we're selling all the merchandise, selling the backpacks. What what are we going to do now? And I think the next cool step would be if there was more like kind of indie style comic book movies or even superhero movies that are being told on a smaller scale. Well, it would have to be like you just said. I don't know the comic book that you, that you mentioned. But it would have to be a comic book that kind of has a bit of the human element to it, only because if it's if it's super, you know, rambunctious and crazy with a lot of different superpowers and whatnot in the original story, you're going to need the big budget for the special effects, for the CGI, right. for then, this, for and, that. And, and, so. I, and I do agree with you that I think that if if the if the studios don't change it up a little bit after the end of the uh, the Avengers films and all that, like after next year. If they don't change the their pace a little bit, people are very quickly gonna grow weary of it. Because after at least now we still have a storyline that we've been waiting for, and see, you know, we knew that this is when it was gonna end. It's gonna end up being like that show that took way too long to leave the air, where at some point, instead of keeping to tune in because you want to see how it ends, like Frasier. Well, like well, like you know, the the quintessential. <laughs> it's been talked about a million times. Jumping the shark, Happy Days. You know. So Instead of having a day, happy day, it just gets ridiculous. Wednesday, happy days, Thursday, Friday. I love happy days. Henry Winkler, Ron Howard. Oh, that was Sit a classic. I used to watch that shit on fucking uh, TV land as a kid. Uh, yeah, Nick at Night. Yeah, exactly. Along with like different strokes and the facts of life. Yeah, that, uh, was, uh, that was the Charles of, in uh, charge uh, of uh, our Mark days. And, and uh, Mork and Mindy. I wish that show had a little bit uh, more of a, a run. I think it was only on for about three seasons. Yeah. It's a great show, though. I mean, realistically, I think that's the first real that thing that Robin Williams did. Where are we going to go with that show for know. much longer than you but think? For the, the 27 episodes that were released. He, he left it, was, it to go make better movies. <laughs> yeah, and kind of get away from the small screen. Yeah. But uh, I, don't know, I guess we, you know, we touched on the Oscars yeah, earlier this month. We touched on Black Panther. Um, the Avengers, Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, what, you know what? A conversation that we were having on Twitter... Just yesterday, I know we briefly were talking about it earlier, 
was the the year that had the best group of best picture nominees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know I talked about it. I think my favorite was uh, somebody had mentioned it on the Twitter. Oh, we uh, got we got a lot of responses. Yeah, we had a lot of responses. Pretty, pretty much think, every year that you could have thought of, yeah. somebody responded with. But I think uh, my, I agree. I can't remember who the. Uh, Twitter, hand, Twitter handle. A few was, people said this year. But ninety four. Ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. Like yeah, I know it's more recent. We were talking about you know the seventies. It's great. This amazing time in movies. Before I the think the seventies is the golden age of cinema. I right. mean, everyone's subject but, to their but opinion. 90, but ninety four, I mean, has just like every movie that was nominated is a classic. It's something that will go dead that everybody has seen, that everybody knows. It's a little, it's a little top-heavy, as some would say, with my... I, I picked 1974, which, honestly, aside from myself, out of... I think we got close to 60 responses. I don't think I saw one other person say 1974, and I don't know if they didn't say it because I had post... You know, it was... Everybody was kind of quote-tweeting... They were, they were uh, you know what, to, uh, what we said? No, I don't know. But you, you, you get what jump, I'm saying. Jump on the bandwagon. But similar to '94, you know, people may say it's a bit top heavy. Obviously, Forrest Gump won. Shawshank Redemption, yeah, classic. Shawshank. Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction, classic. Pulp but really, Fiction, Quiz Show is a is an amazing, amazing. movie. Quiz Show is a fantastic film, and Four Weddings and a Funeral is yeah. one of the better. You know, that was kind of like the start of like the British comedy dramas that were starting in the early '90s. Yeah. You know, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. I thought, you kidding me? I fucking love Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. I mean, so that, you know, that, that transsexual prostitute, you know, uh, uh, inquiring about soliciting, to, soliciting, um, you know, beautiful golden yeah, that English voiced, uh, he got charming big, dude. He got pretty big with four weddings and a funeral, and then yeah, that whole thing happened where he got he arrested for that. soliciting a prostitute. What, was the prostitute a tranny? I, I don't remember. I mean, that's how the story goes. I thought that was the Eddie Murphy. Who knows? Regardless, but uh, and I remember. Up, up until that point, uh, Jay Leno had scheduled Hugh Grant to come on the, his show, and it ended up happening like two days prior that he was arrested. And when Jay Leno had Hugh Grant on the show, it was the first time that he had beaten David Letterman in the ratings. Really? Yeah, and from that point moving forward, Jay Leno was number one the rest of the way. Do you think Leno still sends Hugh Grant like a Christmas card every year, like a little thank you card? No, probably not. Jay Leno was a fucking thank you dick. From, thank no, you for I don't my think career. so. I mean, at least my New York bias, I'm a huge Letterman fan. Sends and, him a car. Uh, I just after what Leno did to Conan and stuff, retiring, coming back, and just I'm not a big Leno guy. I never but, was. I was never a big Leno guy. Yeah, but I was I mean, always just, more of a Letterman guy. Yeah, we'll always throw fun facts out, you know, on this podcast yeah. and kind of go off topic a bit. But yeah, I remember when Hugh Grant came on the Leno show. It was the first time that he had beaten Letterman after NBC decided to choose him over Johnny Carson, and I, I believe it was number one the rest of the way through. Yeah, but, and the and the the remake of it uh, had uh, a pre. Uh, Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. That, that guy's the man. Beauty. I met uh, him. In, I met him in an elevator once. Did you? I met him in an elevator, and uh, it was right after like Game of Thrones. That's uh, so cool. Had, I met Peter Dinklage in an elevator once. That's, well, that's no, probably. But, then, the, but the reason it's interesting is because I was like, oh, you know, I really like, uh, really like you know your stuff. I, think I really, li- I really like you. And it's just kind of like, oh, you know, thank you. Or and I was like, yeah, I loved you in the station agent. And he actually turned around and was like, really? Like, thank you. Like, I actually appreciate that. Like, I, that See, was, that, you know, that's that actually something that I always do. Uh, obviously, if, I, if I'm going to come across somebody spontaneously, I may not have it in the arsenal, or I may. But if I know, if I'm going to go to an event where I know somebody might be there, if I have the opportunity to talk to them, I'm not going to say 
I loved you in the film that everybody knows. Oh yeah, no. I'm uh, you know if I if I run to Leo DiCaprio, I'm gonna say, hey, I loved you in Basketball Diaries, man. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm not like, gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk about Titanic I or Captain Buchanan. I, I, I loved you in what was it? Uh, Tro- Trolls Two. <laughs> you were fantastic in Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. Actually, he wasn't. But no, I actually do like to do that sometimes when I meet a celebrity. If, so if it's a celebrity like an actor or a, that I really respect and I really do love it. I'll, I'll definitely, but if it's like, you know, somebody that's just kind of like, oh, that's a, I, I like to sometimes throw out the weirdest thing they ever did, just to watch their face go like, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? Uh, Actually, I, I kind of had that with a, uh, I went to, this was years ago, the other guy's premiere, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, yeah, yeah. and they were great, I remember Eva Mendes was there, I met Samuel L. Jackson, who was a fucking dick, really? mind you, and yeah, listen, I, I've still, I don't, I don't mind Samuel L. Jackson, I, I'm a fan of his, I think he does... I feel like a lot of his work now aren't cameos per se, but it's always just kind of like a, a supporting role. He's that been really, in everything. Yeah, he has been in everything. I think he has the box. I think he recently surpassed Harrison Ford for being. He has the highest box office gross with his culmination of films. Because well, yeah, he's been more, in everything. Because he's only been in everything. But I was like, hey, I'm your biggest fan. Only guy with more credits than Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I remember uh, Ron Jeremy. I probably I've probably seen as many as his movies as I have Samuel Except, Jackson. Yeah, but uh, I remember going up to him and I was like, "Hey, can we get a picture? I'm a huge fan." He's like, "Yeah, shut the fuck up. You know, you ain't a big fan. You just want a picture. Like, like, can I finish eating my dinner?" And I'm just like, "Obviously, my impersonation is probably fucking yeah, atrocious. That was really bad. Yeah, I don't know. But and I was like, "No, no, like, no, seriously, like, you're absolutely great. Do the right thing is one of my favorite oh, movies dude, of all time, so good. which is one of his first films yeah. that he's ever been in." And then I say. Also, I loved you in Goodfellas, which obviously yeah. everybody loves Goodfellas. Stats. Yeah, everyone loves Goodfellas, but nobody really talks hey, about he, Samuel be Jackson. Be for your own funeral. You know when to- fucking uh, Tommy Two Tone shoots him. Yeah. Hey, uh, can, I, can I bring the coffee? <laughs> yeah, put it down. What are you doing? And it was fu- it was funny, even though he came off a little, you know, a little bit of a dick at first. After I brought up Do the Right Thing and. Um, and Goodfellas, yeah, he kind of calmed down a little bit, and I think you know, he like, started. Yeah, I heard he might he might actually have seen some my, my favorite work that exactly, I've done. Exactly. Well, am I his biggest fan? Absolutely not. But so, but, so like he, was, stick, he was right, stick moan. <laughs> he was right. He was right about calling my bullshit there. But after I said those two films, one of his you know two of his earlier works, nice. he was like, all right, you know, I'll take a picture with you. Yeah. But Black Snake Moan. I would have I would have done that just just to see what he he, he would have punched me in the face. I was like, oh Samuel Jackson, I love you, man. Black Snake Moan, classic, oh, it's so classic, it's so classic. good. I just I just popped in Shaft on DVD <laughs> yeah, like yeah. fucking two I weeks know, ago. Uh, I just, what was it? Uh, uh, the Man. Oh, stop, stop, With, stop. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, Eugene we, Levy. Yeah, we don't need to talk, we don't need to talk about those films. <laughs> it's like one of the worst movies on, on Earth. Oh, yeah. But uh, no, I t- totally agree. I don't know where how we just hopped on this. Oh, sorry, yeah. We just I think we went from that. Four Weddings and a Funeral to Hugh Grant to this to that. We're but going down the rabbit hole. Boom, but that's okay. That's fine. That's, that's right. what we do here, baby. So it's all about engaging conversation. Uh, but the, the year that I had chose... That people kind of said it was a little top heavy. I got a lot of 1975, which was the year after 74, obviously, which was a great year. Dog Day Afternoon, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, I think you had what, Blades of Glory. You yeah. had uh, Jaws was 75. A lot of great years. Uh, a lot of great films that year. Nashville. But with 1974, granted, call it top heavy if you will, but Godfather Part Two in Chinatown, I mean... If somebody told you that those films were in their top ten, could you even argue with them? Well, no. I'll tell you this: not. no, you can't. No, you Especially can't. not Godfather Part Two, obviously. But uh, 
Chinatown is probably in my top 10 or 15 myself. So you want to say it's top heavy? Well, it's top heavy with two of the greatest films of all time. And then the conversation is another masterpiece, kind of sitting there in the fucking three hole. And let us not forget Lenny, which was the biographical drama about Lenny Bruce starring Dustin Hoffman, uh, was another great movie. Uh, Bob Fosse was nominated for Best Director did that he, year. Did, did, Valerie did, Petrine was nominated for Best Actress. I think they were nominated for... Did, did, did Hoffman win? For Best Actor? Yeah. That, no, he didn't. Because I know he's won two Academy Awards for Best Actor, and I believe it was for The Graduate, and it was for Rain Man. I know he won 67 and 88. Sure. He was also nominated for his portrayal in Tootsie, 1982. That I know. Had he been nominated a fifth time for Best Actor? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But a great movie. Truly, and by the way, I'm not the biggest Rotten Tomatoes fan, but it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Granted, I think it's like 22 reviews. But Lenny's Sitting in the Four Hole, a fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you do. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, it's really worth the rewatch. And fifth on that list is probably the greatest disaster film of all time. Towering Inferno, Steve McQueen, Paul Newman. So, like I said, I really think 1974, I think it's a great group of nominees. Obviously, everybody knows the top three specifically the top two, but the film Lenny and Towering Inferno, they are great films. A Towering Inferno, obviously the weakest link, but can you, can you give me a, a better disaster film? If you tell me fucking Deep Impact or The Day After Tomorrow, I'm leaving. And if you tell me Armageddon, I'm probably going to sing, I don't want to close my eyes, and then I'm going to leave. And then, then you're gonna leave? No, I'm gonna leave. Well, I, I don't know. I fun fact: my birthday's Steve March 26. So is Steven Tyler's. I'm a big Aerosmith better fan. Better disaster movie. That, you know, I thought you know about that, it real quick. I, I can't think of a better disaster. movie. I would movie. like to to see if people comment on this to see if people can come up with a better uh, a, like favorite disaster movie. You know, disaster movies normally aren't that great because I, really, I, I always think they're so entertaining. No, I, I, they are entertaining in a sense, but there's just so much going on. Usually, the story. The, the plot, just things don't add up. No, you, the, the star of a disaster movie is the disaster which is taking place. Well, yeah. So you kind of get away from the context of the characters and That's things true. just get sloppy and messy. I think The Towering Inferno is, is fantastic. And uh, I mean, I, I feel like I said fantastic a million times in this podcast about every film. I think it's a solid, solid movie. And ooh, hey, hey now. What's to me here? I like... I was hard-pressed to find a better disaster movie. So, with that said, I think it's a good film. I think it's for being fifth in that year. I'm always going to go with 1974, although we had a lot of good response. 75, 94. The best year in the 21st century, 2007. In my opinion, it's not even close. No Country for Old Men. There Will Be Blood. Uh, Atonement. What else was nominated that year? I believe Michael Clayton... And what about another uh, another film? But it was 2007 was a easily, in my opinion, the the best group of best picture nominees since the turn of the 21st century. Hey, I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. You'll give it to me. I'll give it to you. Oh, I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm gonna. I'm going to. I am actually going to concede my 1994, and I'm I'm getting on the 74. Oh really? Oh no, you're so kind. I'd say uh, you, you got me. You, your arguments uh, were were founded. I mean, literally, Godfather Part Two in Chinatown. I mean, does any other years one two punch knock that out? I mean, Godfather I mean, 94 is close. I got to say, I love. I'd probably put Pulp Fiction and Shawshank 
I love those films. They're not better than Chinatown and Godfather Part Two, though. No, no, they're not. Godfather Part Two, I guarantee, is on almost everybody's in the top three of everybody's best films of all time. I mean, not everybody, especially yeah. this day and age. Everyone tries to be like, you know, kind of no. avant garde. No. Godfather like, Part Two is in the top three best films of all time. And if you make a, if you make a list that doesn't have it in the top three. Then you don't deserve to make it the should list. It should definitely be in your top ten somewhere. Yes. Either one or one or the other, whether it be Godfather one or two. You know, because some people say that they like the setup of the story better. They like, I like Brando. The, I, like two. I, I like them. I like them both. I'd probably say that two is more my favorite, but they're both in my one top. Few, one of the few times with a sequel. They're both in my top twenty films. It's arguably ever. better than the original. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like that, Terminator. That, that's another uh, subject for conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, all right, man. I think we got a we did we did some some good topics today. Yeah, we we, we shot the shit a little bit. Um, kind of getting more comfortable now. Yeah, a little bit more comfortable. Uh, so one take. Everybody knows the rules. Yeah, I, which, hope, I hope people like it. Hope, yeah, you, hope they probably they, won't. But you know what? Fuck it. We're just gonna keep setting gonna these out it. anyhow. Going with the flow. We gotta just add some more. Content to flick fans. Oh, we yeah. gotta, you know what I mean? Like we're we're, we're rocking and rolling at the moment. So. And, and honestly, people people listening, uh, if you like it, if you dislike it, if you got any ideas, if you want us to talk about anything, yeah, oh yeah, we're all for constructive criticism. Yes, and please, we would love to hear it. Like it's, and our audio editing and our our mics, there, everything here is atrocious. Yeah, we're so, gonna get better at that too. Yeah, maybe we perhaps. don't have the budget for. Uh, for sound techs yet? No, no, not yet. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll get uh, an intern. One maybe, day. maybe by this summer. We'll, we'll get an intern that we can abuse and make set up everything oh, one day. Come on, don't say that. Abusing interns with the whole Weinstein shit that fucking just happened. You can't say shit like no, that. No, that it all be guys. Oh, okay. Well, but then yeah, but Kevin Spade. Oh, you know what? Right, you mind. know what? You're right. You're right. Uh, <sighs> we will treat him with the utmost respect. <sighs> Absolutely. So, uh, uh, thanks once again. Thank you for listening to this little tidbit. And yep. hopefully, like I said, who knows if this is going to go up? Hopefully, it does. Hopefully, those who listen liked it. And hopefully, we'll have something next week. You're hear from us again. Beauty. Have a great night, guys. Well. Or day, afternoon. Perhaps you're in. <laughs>